Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Chatty Fox Conversations with the 20-something with me, Melissa, a 20-something. Thank you again for tuning in today. I know it's been a while. So last week, I released episode 46 and it was a very special one, one that I had in works for a while. And it was an interview with a wine educator consultant. Her name is Julie Albin. And if you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. That was, I feel like a big milestone in my podcast career, my wine podcast career, because I actually spoke to a professional and someone in the industry who honestly just had a very extensive and inspiring resume. Like she's done so much within the industry that it inspired me to keep doing what I do, keep researching about wine and trying different wines and, you know, just going more deep into that passion for wine, I guess you can say. So that was really interesting, um, but I didn't want to make the intro so long, so I didn't acknowledge my two weeks of not podcasting, which I will do now in case the Foxies are interested, in case you guys are like, you know what, where's this bitch been? Like, it's been a while, and I know it has because I don't know if you can still tell, but my voice is still a little kind of raspy, I guess. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I, I can definitely tell. And yeah, that sickness was pretty bad. Um, It lasted over a week. Obviously, my voice was not podcast ready. Like, it just did not sound good. And I had a cough that lingered on for so long, even into my birthday. Yes, I will get into that because we need to talk about my birthday first. Um, But basically... I was just sick for a long time and the cough really was just so bad and it took long to go away. So I just was not in the mood to podcast and I was like, you know what, I'm going to just do the research right now and then record it later. Um, So yeah, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I didn't. And also, like I mentioned, it was my birthday last week. So today is March 25th and my birthday was last week on Saturday, March 18th. And I was like, okay, my birthday lands on a Saturday. I need to take advantage of that. And I was still a little sick, but, you know, I was like, I still want to go out, enjoy myself. Uh, So, yeah, I had a jam-packed weekend. And as you know, St. Patrick's Day is the day before. I actually, oh, another, this is going to be a long update. So if you're not interested, (laughs) I hope you are, but if you're not, you can skip ahead. Um, I got another job. I got a second job at... The local bar here. Actually, I'm not going to say the name. (laughs) I don't want you guys to go visit me (laughs) when I work. But I got a job at a bar as a hostess. And it's really fun. I'm right now, as of right now, I'm only working once a week. It's kind of just like to get some extra money. I work on Friday nights. So that's where I was working on St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, although I was a little bit sick, um, I still had fun, you know, like they celebrated my birthday for me there. And then the next day I had brunch with my family during the day. And then I went out with my friends at night. Also, excuse my sister, if you hear her in the background, she's um, being really loud. How rude. But anyway, I went out with my family in the morning and then my friends at night. We went to this really cool uh, local wine bar at the Arts District in LA called Pally Wine Company. And it was really cute. Honestly, I've never heard of it. I've never been there. I just Googled wine places that close late. That was like the big requirement because, you know, we were, it was like already five. 
So I found that place and it was honestly really interesting. I loved it and I did not know that they, I don't know if this is like their specialty, but they had a lot of natural wines, aka natty wines. That's what they call them. Like that's like the term, I guess, in the wine industry. Um, so if you go somewhere and you see natty wines, that means natural wines that are made in like an organic way. I did, I went, I did a wine lesson on this. I'm not sure when, but basically it's like, you know, it's less invasive. Um, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of additives in wine. So when a wine is an, it's quote unquote natural or organic, that means they don't add these additives and they basically just ferment them like usual and just let them be and honestly a lot of these wines either like deter some people because they could either look funky like have pieces in it like sediments or it could taste sour and yeah basically this winery in the arts district had a lot of these and I made my friends try all of them and a lot of my friends don't really like dry and full-bodied wines I guess you can say but I'm I'm really glad that they liked it, I think, for the most part. Um, they liked a lot of wines that I chose for them. I did choose um, an orange wine for them, which I think they liked. <laughs> Why just them, like, listen to this and be like, no, we did not like them. But they, I think they, I honestly, from what it looked like, I'm. it looked like they were having fun. And I did try to choose, like, more on the sweet side for them. So, honestly, if you're a sweet girly, you might like this place, too, because they do have some interesting options. They do have a Gerustraminer, which is really juicy and fruity. And my friends really liked that one. Um, as you can tell from the name, it's a German wine. But it's kind of similar to a Riesling. Um, so, if you like Rieslings, if, I've, if you're one of those people that I introduced Rieslings to... Garustraminer is kind of like the same thing. Like they kind of have the same similar sweetness and fruit notes to it. But anyway, that was my birthday day and slash weekend and it was really fun. So I of course took some time off and you know kind of just wasn't in the mood to like sit down and record when I had like a bad cough and a busy weekend and I started a new class. But anyway, that's all just to say that I'm happy to be back and I'm glad that you chose to tune in to another episode of my podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Foxies. Today's episode is actually a very special one. It's the first episode to a series that I want to do. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're going to see what I called it, what I chose it, but I'm thinking right now as I'm recording, I want to call this series Cali Cali Girls Wine Tasting or something like that. I don't know. But basically, I want to do a series on wine regions in California. So during like my little break, I've noticed that I, during my last episodes, I had a lot of guest episodes that I released, which honestly, I loved all of them. They were so fun to record and they were so interesting as well, getting to know these people But I also realized that I kind of steered away from the wine content. Like I haven't had a wine lesson in a while and done some research. So I was like, you know what? I just want to focus on that now. So that's what my series is about. I just figured I wanted to do one that was fun, intriguing, and maybe relatable. Not relatable, but maybe someone who's not as into wine like me can still find interesting because this series is basically going to highlight 
wine regions in California. And I want to basically talk about why they're popular in the wine industry, what kind of wine they produce, and recommendations on wineries. Just in case, you know, like you're going to that area for the weekend or you're traveling there and you want to try some wine with your friends. And honestly, even if you're not a wine person, going to a winery is still fun. Um, You know, some wineries have other types of drinks as well. Or even just for pictures, like a lot of these regions I'm going to talk about in my series are even just fun to go and take pictures at. Like they're so beautiful. And that's why I think this would be great for anyone, not just wine lovers out there, to really enjoy and kind of find recommendations in case you're in the area. Or even just like if you know a wine person like me whose birthday is coming up and you want to, you know, take them somewhere nice, I got you. So that's what this wine series is on. So introducing episode one today, I'm going to be, I, oh, sorry, I don't know why my voice did that. Um, so far I'm planning on doing four episodes, but it might be five. I'm not sure. But, but as of now, episode one is on Temecula Valley. So I'm going to work my way up north. And today we're starting down south and I'm going to talk about Temecula Valley. So before I get into that, you know, you already know the drill. I have to pair every episode with a wine. And I just, you know, I'm going to try my best, but I want to pair each wine from that region that I'm going to be talking about today. So today I have a very special wine. You may have seen it on the Instagram page at the Chatty Fox underscore. And also I had a guest episode recently under this alias. And the wine I'm drinking today is Wilson Creek Almond Sparkling Wine. I already had Wilson Creek on the podcast before. If you haven't heard that guest episode with the alias Mr. Wilson Creek, you if you know, you know. That episode was so fun to, to listen to. I mean, to record. But Wilson Creek, so I chose this one because if you may or may not have heard that episode, Wilson Creek Winery is located in Temecula Valley. So obviously, I was like, this is a perfect pairing for today. I, had, I actually had this one already. And I tried it a long time ago, but it'll be fun to try it again today because I haven't had it in a long time. And yeah, like I mentioned, it's an almond-flavored sparkling wine. So that is very interesting. If you're into sparkling wines, definitely try this one. It's very affordable. I got it for, I believe it was $12 at Whole Foods. So yeah, let's, let's open this baby up. And this is my second sparkling wine on the episode, so the pop is going to be very festive. Damn. (laughs) Damn, you hear that? bubbles that bubbles those bubbles (laughs) oh my god okay so right off the bat it does smell like almond i'm not kidding like um oh my god you know what it smells like it smells like like those uh are they called biscottis biscotti cookies like the little ones that sometimes have chocolate on them that's literally what that smells like oh 
This is so good already. Okay, let's try it. Oh my gosh, wow. Wow, so that's very sweet. That actually, that tastes like a hangover. <laughs> I feel like, not in a bad way, honestly. I say that because it's really sweet and I feel like if you drink a lot of this, you're definitely gonna get a hangover because like if you may or may not know, sweet alcohol gives you a hangover faster. But honestly, if you're just gonna have one glass of this, like a cool glass of almond sparkling champagne in like the hot sun, honestly, this is this is perfect for that. Like I think you guys will really like this, especially if you're just a sweet wine girly and you know you just wanna have one drink of wine at like a family party that's outside and it's really hot. This would be a really good one. Oh my god, it, it the smells crazy. Like, I think if this, if anything, if you don't like this wine, just smell it. I think you would definitely like the smell if you don't like the taste. Because the taste, honestly, is really sweet. Um, yeah, it kind of tastes like, um, like a almond cookie. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's really good. I like it. I think for me, though, I would give it a 9 out of 10 or maybe an 8.5 out of 10. Um, it's really sweet. It's kind of too sweet for my liking for a sparkling wine, but honestly, it's very enjoyable and just don't go too crazy. Don't drink more than one because you, like I said, you will get a big headache with this, I feel. So I need to be careful. <laughs> so I'm going to be drinking the rest of this during this episode. So we'll see how, you know, I take my advice later. So yeah, that was the wine pairing for today's episode i definitely think you should check out mr wilson creek over here um and yeah if you're in the temecula valley i'm gonna be talking more about them later but this wine is specific if you go honestly and temecula valley does get hot you should definitely try one class of this so thank you guys for listening to that wine segment um obviously there's no wine lesson because this whole episode is a wine lesson so i'm excited to get into that But of course, before we do, let's take a little sip of our wine, take a little wine break, and we'll be right back. back and like I said today is episode one of my California wine tasting experience because we're gonna go down the list well not all of them obviously because California has a lot of wine regions but I wanted to talk about four maybe five major ones that I've either been to or know about and actually yeah I've been to all of them I haven't been to all of them if I do five But as of right now, the four that I have planned, I have been to all of them. So the first one, like I said, episode one is Temecula Valley, all about Temecula Valley. And before I get into that, I did want to give some context. You're probably wondering, why are these cities or counties or regions so popular? Like, why are they called wine regions for California? Basically, they are called AVAs, 
I am going to cite my sources on the episode show notes, but I am going to list them here. So I am getting a lot of my information and research directly from these articles. So the first one is from the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, where they talk about AVAs and exactly what they are. Another article that I used is from, a, a it's actually a Celebrity Cruises blog post. And the blog post is called Top California Wine Regions to Visit. And then the third resource that I used is from TemeculaWines.org. So I just went through um, their website and I got a lot of my information from their website. So an AVA is an American viticultural area. And it is a grape growing region with specific geographic or climate features that distinguish it from the surrounding regions and affect how a grape is grown. So basically, you can see these AVAs on a wine label bottle, a wine bottle label, uh, when you go shopping. So you know how a lot of wine labels have like Napa Valley or Temecula Valley or even like Oregon and stuff like that. Um, those places are the wine AVAs or the wine region that it's grown in. Basically, when a wine bottle uses or wine label uses an AVA, it allows people to describe more accurately the origin of their wines to consumers and helps consumers identify wines they may purchase. So like I said, I'm getting this all from the sources that I'll link in the show notes. Um, And basically, the AVAs I'm going to be talking about are from California. And the way I want to divide of these episodes because you know me I I gotta have some structure I feel like a lot of my episodes don't have structure uh, especially my guest ones but anyway the way I want to structure these episodes is that I'm gonna start off with a brief history about each region I'm gonna state like some brief context or history about the region and then after that I'm gonna talk a little bit about the geography like the physical geography of these locations and the weather that makes it so special to grow wine there or to grow grapes and produce really good wines and why it makes it like a perfect place to have many vineyards at these places and then lastly in that section I'm gonna talk about which grape varietals are famous at these regions because some regions you know grow different types of grapes better than others or are more famous for a a certain type of grape better than other regions so that would be the end of like the physical location part and then the second section i'm going to be going into is the atmosphere or like the vibe of these places you know like i think that's the this section will be very intriguing for just anyone even like people who don't care about wine because i'm going to be talking about like what makes these places so popular, if there's any events that usually go on at these places, if you guys are interested in going and visiting, you know, when's a good time to go visit them, like do people, what do people do around there, and you know, the kind of vibe, like what, how do people dress at these places, and you know, what else, what else is around there that you could do, like that's what I'm going to be talking about. And then lastly, I'm going to end it with specific winery recommendations from these wine regions. Because like I mentioned, if I do only stick to four that I'm thinking about right now, I have been to all of them. And I'm going to obviously name the ones that I recommend or that 
I've probably heard of others going to and heard good things about them. And hopefully that will help you, you know, kind of pinpoint exactly which wineries to try if you're in the area. So yeah, that's how today's episode is going to go and then the rest as well. Okay, actually, I did want to add that the more I'm drinking this almond sparkling wine, the more it's becoming too sweet for my liking. Um, it Like I said in the beginning, it, it tastes like a hangover. And the more I drink it, the more I'm like, I don't know, not that it's gross. It's just like, for me personally, I don't like to drink sweet wines that much but this one is actually sweet in like a very weird way because it it really smells and tastes like almond um but like a really sweet almond cookie i guess so i'm gonna bring down my rating a little bit i'm gonna give it a seven it's still good like i said if you're a sweet wine girly you're gonna really love this one but for me the more i drink it the more it's gonna be a little too much for me It's still good though, and it's very interesting for a sparkling wine to like smell that much like almond. It's fucking crazy. So yeah, my rating is going to go down a little bit to like maybe a 7.5. Yeah, I'm going to just put it down one more point. So 7.5 is my official rating. So first up, a brief history of Temecula Valley as the wine, as a, a wine region of California. So... In the late 1960s, Southern California grape growing and winemaking began a revival in Temecula Valley with the planting of substantial wine grape acreage. So when I read that, I was like, okay, that probably means that there was just so much land and they found potential, like a good opportunity to grow a bunch of grapes. So that's how it got like it's that's what sparked interest in some people, you know. So the first wines from the new vineyards were produced by Brookside Winery in their Cucamonga, I think that's how I say it, Cucamonga Winery. But in 1974, the founding of Callaway Winery marked the beginning of winemaking in Temecula Valley. And I definitely heard of this winery and I have seen their wines at the grocery store too. I've never tried them, so if you have tried them, let me know. Or if you see them, make sure you give them a try because apparently that was, you know, Temecula's first wine, like major produced wine. Honestly, after reading that, Temecula Valley is very new. Like in the 1900s is when, you know, they started producing lots of wine and getting hype and popularity. So that was very recent, very recent compared to all the other regions I studied, so... Okay, next. The Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau established the Temecula ABA in the Federal Register on October 23rd, 1984. So, damn, not even like 40 years ago. Actually, oh my god, am I doing the math right? Wow, I I was so close. Okay, so 39 years ago was when Temecula Valley became an official wine region of California. And that wasn't that long ago. Like I said, less than 40 years. That's crazy. Um, So it's a a baby. So if you're near there, make sure you go check them out. They're up and coming, I guess. Um, Or not that recent, but you get get my drift. And then something interesting that I found was that it actually changed the name. So I actually messed up. So at first they called it Temecula AVA in 1984. But then the... 
tax, the Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau renamed the same viticultural area Temecula Valley AVA. So they changed it from just Temecula to Temecula Valley AVA. And it is actually the only American viticultural area, aka the only AVA, to change its name following the initial approval. So that was, I thought that was very interesting. I guess they were like, you know what? We need to spice up this name. People aren't going to want to come if it's just Temecula. But if you mention that it's a valley, it might sound more like, oh, they know what they're doing, you know, with the wine. I don't know. I was just thinking that and I just thought that was very interesting. So yeah, that was a brief history of Temecula Valley. Now, the let's get into the geography. So what makes Temecula Valley perfect for wine or grape growing so low so temecula valley has low rainfall contrary honestly contrary to recent weather because if you live in la it's been raining like crazy for the last few months but besides that they don't have that much rainfall which is actually a good thing for the grape because excessive rain which i actually wanted to look into because of these past months of excessive rain here in california but a lot of rain can actually it obviously overwaters the grapes that are growing at these regions and when a grape gets a lot of water it just makes it more watery in flavor and it reduces the sugar so the grape has low sugar levels and won't be as sweet and the flavors won't be as prominent so if that happens in a wine growing region the wine might not be as flavorful and will probably be more dry so that's probably or that is one reason why Temecula Valley has very good climate for grape growing and then Temecula Valley soils are another significant influence in the quality of wine that they produce so the soils are created from decomposing grand grand what is it granitic so like granic granite i guess materials and are excellent for growing high quality grapes grape vines require well-drained soils with roots that are not constantly wet so that connects to why low rainfall is really good for a wine region so the vineyards in temecula valley range from 1500 to 2500 feet above sea level with daytime temperatures modified by cooling ocean breezes flowing over the coastal range to the west that's basically why the climate is good for grape growing within Temecula Valley because as you can imagine it's a valley just like they mentioned but it's that's above sea level but it's also near the coast so if you're from San Diego you know like how great the weather is there and how close the coast is to Temecula Valley as well so all that breeze and moisture from the coast goes into the valley as well going towards east and that kind that diversity is what makes the grapes so complex in flavor because it gets basically the best of both worlds a sunshine area in the valley and then a cool breeze from the west of the coast. So let's get into the types of wines that they grow here and why, which ones are more, more famous than others. Temecula Valley has proven to be unusually diverse in the grape varieties that thrive and produce exceptional wines here. 
ranging from cool climate grapes such as Riesling and Chardonnay, also including the moderate climate Bordeaux varieties. And they also produce grapes that are most famously grown in hotter climates like Cabernet Sauvignon. And typically those types of grapes thrive in like hot hotter climates or not hotter more like warmer climates kind of like mediterranean style weather so they're basically can make a lot of varieties here you can get some really good riesling and chardonnay here and some cabernet sauvignon or syrah grapes that are usually thriving in hotter climates so like i mentioned temecula valley really is diverse when it comes to grape grapes and wine so honestly if you're in the san diego area or you are going to be near the area or honestly even if you live in la temecula valley is not that far you should go check them out honestly they probably will cater to any preference of wine that you have because i mentioned they're so diverse and have they have many different types of grapes in their vineyards and can honestly produce some good quality wine so if you know anyone who wants to drink some good quality wine with you make sure you take them take them to temecula valley it'll be a good a good two-hour trip for you okay so now that we've gone through the whole physical geography and climate of temecula valley why don't we just get into the whole atmosphere the whole vibe of temecula valley i feel like in this section you know if you're not really into wine but you're really into like the whole aesthetic of wineries and just having a fun outing with your friends i feel like this section would be a good information to have for like maybe your next wine trip if you're in the area so like i just mentioned temecula valley is about an hour drive from san diego and about two to two and a half hours from la depending on traffic obviously so i feel like it's a great location and honestly when i was thinking about it i feel like it could be like a good quote-unquote napa vibe type of trip for like the socal girlies because you know maybe you don't want to drive six plus hours to napa or maybe you just cannot afford napa because napa honestly is bougie like they know their worth they know their whole reputation so they upscale everything So if you want to have like a good winery trip, but you don't want to drive all the way over there or spend that much money, I feel like Temecula Valley would be a good alternative for that. Also, there's a strip of wineries, like think of Vegas, like the same exact thing, the Vegas strip, but they have one with pure wineries, like a strip of wineries. And the the road is called Rancho California Road. And honestly, when I went, my first impression was that this strip is very accessible because there's just so many wineries nearby and you can easily you know winery hop and you can just you don't even have to drive to all of them like you can walk or you i think they even have shuttles as well but also i noticed that it included a diverse variety of wineries so like think of it had well-established wineries on like the hilltops with a bunch of acres of vineyards and like really big patios and honestly like they're like for example like what i meant mentioned before wilson creek the wine pairing for today's episode like they're a well-established winery and they're really big and it's beautiful but the strip also has like little family-owned wineries or i guess like quote-unquote mom and pop wineries so you just imagine like maybe one acre of vineyard with like a house you know where maybe that's where they make their wine and it literally just looks like a little house and then their seating is only like outdoors like maybe a couple of table and chairs and i feel like that vibe 
is kind of like very family oriented and very chill and you can like connect with the winemakers so there's that's what I kind of meant like with a diverse array of wineries like it had all of those so I feel like that also can appeal to those who maybe don't want to spend too much money or really value wine and winemaking and maybe you can like connect with those winemakers you know or maybe it can also appeal to those who are not really interested in learning about the wine but they just want you know to have some pictures or just drink some good wine with some really good views as well so I just feel like it caters to anyone either whether you want to have the luxury Napa experience without actually going to Napa or if you want to have a chill vibe with your friends and kind of just like drink wine. So yeah, that's basically the strip in Temecula Valley. Now, if you want to visit Temecula Valley, but you really don't know where to start, um, maybe you want someone to just tell you where to go, or you want to have like an itiner itinerary already planned out, they have two annual events. So the first one that they have is called Temecula Valley Balloon and Wine Festival. So this festival is usually around May. This year it's going to be on the weekend of May 19th through the 21st. And it's basically like a music wine festival. But it also, obviously because it has balloon in the title, it has hot air balloon rides. So if you don't know... Temecula Valley is very famous for also having hot air balloon rides in the early mornings. So in this festival, not only can you drink wine and listen to music, but you can also get tickets to go on a hot air balloon. So I feel like that's a cute little experience that you can have if you've never been and you want to get the whole like Temecula Valley experience with wine and hot air balloons. I don't know. I also feel like that sounds kind of dangerous low key. But honestly, I feel like they know that. So the hot air balloon is during the day and maybe the wine is after. I don't know. It also sounds cute. If you're into that, I feel like that would be a cute, you know, first impression of Temecula Valley if you want, you know, an itinerary already built for you. And now the second event. Okay, the second event is specifically for a certain niche of people. So the event is annual run through the vineyard. Or that, that's what it's called. The annual run through the vineyard. And this year it's going to be on April 29th. So obviously this event only caters to you if you like running. I don't know if I would go to that. But that sounds kind of fun. You know like it's like a. I actually saw that it's. um, So it says right here on the web, their website. That I'm going to link in the show notes. It's Temecula's premier running event. And it's Temecula Sunrise Rotary Club's major fundraiser for the various community service projects such as literacy program, youth leadership training programs, and scholarships. So I feel like that's a cute cause. You know, not only is it just to get the community together, but they, it's a fundraiser. So I feel like that's a cute event if you're interested in that. If you love running, um, you're literally running through the vineyards of wine country there. So that's really fun and interesting and then there's different courses ranging from like 5k's to like 10k's and I think even more than that and then after you get a two-for-one wine tasting so you get the best of both worlds you can drink up your calories after burning them <laughs> I don't know so those are two annual events in case you're interested in visiting Temecula Valley and you just don't know where to start you just want a reason to go you know before and now you have these. So I hope if you end up going to those, let me know how it is because I probably won't do the run one, but the hot air balloon one sounds pretty fun. So yeah, that was the atmosphere and the vibe portion of this episode. To end off the official wine region 
description of Temecula Valley. I did want to give some winery recommendations. So I did go to Temecula Valley last year for my sister's birthday. We That was actually the only time I went. So these recommendations, only one is like truthfully my, re- my recommendation because I've been there. But the other two are recommendations that I've heard from other people and said that they had a great time there. And it's for multiple people. The first recommendation is called Miramonte Winery. So that's where we went for my sister's birthday. And honestly, it was such a vibe. We did splurge a little for her birthday and we got like a little a little private cabana where we got like our own private wine tasting, which was really fun. I will say this, it was expensive because we did splurge on a private experience but honestly you don't have to do the private experience like they had a public patio not public that makes it sound ugly but they had like a patio you know like a regular restaurant would and it is a restaurant too so you can eat there and drink wine and then still have the same like nice views but the one that we got since it was a private wine tasting and a private cabana it was more secluded it had a different scenery which was still as nice and had good photo ops and like i said privacy i feel like you're paying for a private experience because in the patio you're around other people they're not giving you like a curated tasting experience and the one we got like he actually described every wine to us and you know catered to us if that makes sense i forgot exactly how much it was but since we were a group of people was a bit expensive but honestly they were super nice there the wines were so good we bought two bottles to bring home and if you're a sweet wine girly they did have some sweet wines here they also had really good food so if you want to you know you got to make sure you have some food in your system when you do a wine tasting so this would be a good spot maybe to start with if you go to Temecula and then maybe you can wine hop because it was on the strip so the second recommendation is actually the wine pairing for today Wilson Creek Winery and I like I said I haven't been there but if you listen to my guest episode with Mr. Wilson Creek he has been there and he told me that he had a great time there and I looked up pictures it looked really nice it I believe it's on the strip as well or a little off but very close by and they have a big land to themselves so I'm pretty sure this winery has some really good scenery and great photo ops for you and their wines are good I mean with my guest episode with Mr. Wilson Creek we had their Cabernet Sauvignon which was actually white so it was their white Cabernet Sauvignon which is very interesting if you know you know that that's not very common in the wine industry seeing a Cabernet Sauvignon that's a white wine but Mr. Wilson Creek Winery has it so if you're interested in trying it I think you should definitely check them out and if you want to try the wine pairing for this episode as well the almond sparkling wine that is where they have it as well so that is my second recommendation i feel like that one will not disappoint because if you want their if you end up liking their wine you can find it elsewhere as well like if you think it's too expensive to buy there 
I found this one, like I said, at Whole Foods. I You can also find the almond sparkling wine I've seen at Trader Joe's. And then my guest, Mr. Wilson Creek, said that he found the white Cabernet Sauvignon at Costco. So just saying, that's a good second recommendation. And lastly, the third one would be Callaway Winery. So if you remember, in my history portion, it is the first winery or one of the first major wineries in Temecula Valley. And I just feel like that's enough to want to go see what this place is. Like I feel like being the first major winery in the wine region is so historic, so cool. And it probably has some sort of character to it. Like I feel like there's some type of character that that this winery has. If you get what I'm trying to say, I just feel like when you walk into this winery, you're gonna feel the vibe that it's very important, prestigious in this wine region and that they know what they're talking about. And yeah, that's why I recommend this one, even though I literally never been there. I have not tried their wines, but I feel like that would be a good a good stop to go to if you're in the area. Just to say that you tried the first winery of Temecula Valley. And if you go, let me know how it is. Like when I go, I'm definitely going to want to check it out. But yeah, those were my recommendations for Temecula Valley. And this is the end of episode one of my wine region series. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you thought this was interesting and it intrigued you in wanting to visit this wine region. I didn't mention this in the beginning, but I chose like these wine regions in California because I feel like it can cater to anyone who's in any area in California, like SoCal, uh, Central California, and Northern California. I feel like these wine regions that I'm going to be talking about, like anyone can go visit them. And if wherever you live in California, one will be near you to go try. And I just wanted to give my thoughts about them, my research, why they're so famous, and what you can do around these places. I couldn't really find other things you can do in Temecula besides wine tasting, Um, but honestly, like, Riverside is not that far from there too, and I know like that's a big major city, Um, but the other wine regions will for sure have other things to do for, you know, your non-wine drinking friends. But that's basically why I wanted to do this wine region series. So I hope that you enjoyed episode one. And if you do visit Temecula Valley and enjoyed it or tried any of my recommendations, please let me know and tag me in your pictures. I think that'd be very interesting just to see if you tried any of the recommendations that I said. If you enjoyed today's episode, you already know the drill. Go follow my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. And leave me a five-star review because that will really go a long way for me in exposing my podcast to potential foxies out there. And also, don't forget to follow my podcast socials at the Chatty Fox underscore. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, which is where I'll post some fun wine content and post my next episodes that are coming up. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today, and I'll see you next week for another episode. Bye!